You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Let's look at Psalm 91 and let's read together uh, the entire psalm beginning in verse number one. Ready? Begin. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone." Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. And let's pray. Lord, we love you. We come before you and we need your help. Uh, Lord, I need your help this morning. Uh, I need your help every time I stand up to preach. But especially this morning, I have so much I'd like to share. I have so much that I want to say. But Lord, for sake of time, help me just to get right to the point. Help me to say what needs to be said. And Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you do a work in our hearts and lives. I pray that you would lead us and guide us into all truth as we study uh, the scriptures and as we, we study to show ourselves approved unto God. I pray that we would rightly divide the word of truth this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We're in our series. Uh, we're talking about the rock. We've talked about the rock of sacrifice. We've talked about the rock of uh, seeing God. We've talked about uh, the rock of salvation. But I want to draw your attention today to what I want to call and what I want to refer to as the rock of the secret place. While we're in Psalm 91, allow me to read for you Psalm 27, verse 5. The Bible says, for in the time of trouble, you ever been in that time? You say, what time is that? Doesn't matter what time it is. It's when you're in trouble. That's a time of trouble. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. That's a covering. It's a shade place. It's a, it's a, it's a sacred place. It's a, it's a safe place. And it says, In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up 
upon a rock. So we're talking about a secret place. We're talking about a pavilion where God says, I'm going to cover you. And he says, while you're in that place, he said, I'm going to set you upon a rock. Now, this, this term secret place, it's found in Psalm 91. The term secret place does not refer to a place that God is hiding and he doesn't want you to find him. It's not like God's got a secret and he doesn't want you to know the secret. This, this term secret place, it means a, a hiding place or a safe place. It's a place where we can go and we can get alone with God. And it's secret in the fact that nobody can get to us when we're in that place. Aren't you glad for the secret place? Aren't you glad for a place you can go and it's just you and God? Uh, by the way, I'm not talking about coming to church. Although I think the church is a great place to meet with God. But I think you ought to meet with God every single day of your life. And it doesn't have to be under the roof of, of uh, 2360 Bowling Road. I think there ought to be a place in your home, whether it be your living room or your bedroom or your kitchen table. Maybe it's a back porch or maybe it's a, a garage or maybe it's in your car. Uh, maybe it's a break uh, at work or maybe it's a, a, a field where you walk or maybe it's a, a road where you walk and you spend time with God. There ought to be a secret place in your life where you spend time with God every day. The Bible says in Psalm 81, 7, Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah. You know what you find when you get in the secret place? You find that God shows up in the secret place. You find that God answers prayer in the secret place. I thank the Lord that we have a rock of the secret place. Notice with me one more time, Psalm 91, 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Look back with me, if you would, to Psalm 90. Psalm 90, verse 1. The Bible says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Notice right above verse 1, underneath Psalm 90, there is an inscription there. And it says that this is a prayer of who? It's prayer of Moses, the man of God. We don't have an inscription on Psalm 91. Most uh, Bible scholars believe that Psalm 90 and 91 are both a prayer or a song of Moses. Uh, Moses uh, gave us a song in Exodus 15. Remember that song of praise uh, after God had taken them through the Red Sea? And Moses said, the Lord hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider hath he thrown into the sea. And they have a song of praise that Moses gave. But here is a song or a, a prayer that Moses gave. And he's talking about the person that dwells in the secret place. Now, now hear me out as we try to lay a little groundwork for this secret place that Moses is talking about. The children of Israel in the wilderness, and by the way, Moses led them through that wilderness. They were in the wilderness, of course, for 40 years. And then Moses led them up to the brink of the promised land, the Jordan River. But Moses did not cross over with them. Joshua led them across. But while they were in the wilderness, the children of Israel were encamped in tents. Okay? And by the way, for those of you that like camping in tents, I want to tell you that's not spiritual. That was the judgment of God. They had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years because of their sin, okay? So those of you that like to sleep in tents, I'm looking up to the sound booth up there. Brother Curry, Brother Gabriel, 
And then those of you who, you're, you're just so tough, you don't even need a tent. You just sleep under the stars. God bless you. I don't, I don't understand it, but some people like that. The children of Israel were in tents, and so they had a, 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 a setup for their tents. In the center of their encampment was where the tabernacle was set up. The tabernacle was the place where they offered the sacrifices. The tabernacle was the place where they worshiped God. And Moses would have been right in that center. His tent and his, his dwelling would have been probably right next to the tabernacle. Not in the tabernacle, but next to it. And while that tabernacle was in the wilderness, there was something that hovered over the top of that tabernacle during the day. It was a pillar of cloud. That was how they knew where they were supposed to move. When the pillar of cloud stayed, then they stayed. When the pillar of cloud moved, they moved. During the nighttime, there was a pillar of fire that rested over that tabernacle. And so Moses may have been speaking about the fact that while he was there next to the tabernacle, there was the shadow of the Almighty. There was the shadow of the very presence of God that rested. And he was saying, I'm living under the shadow of Almighty God. I want to tell you, that's a great place to live. When you, get in, when you get in somebody's shadow, that means you're real close to them, right? And I want to be so close to God. I don't want God to be a long ways away. I want to be so close that I can say, I am literally, I am in his shadow. I am in his presence. However, there's another thought here, and I, I can't tell you, uh, the Bible does not tell us which one of these, but probably one of these would be uh, the description. But the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, uh, it's also found in the Old Testament, but in the book of Hebrews, the Bible tells us that there was the mercy seat that was in the Holy of Holies. Now, Moses didn't go in there. Only the high priest could go in to the Holy of Holies once a year. But that Holy of Holies was there inside the tabernacle. The priests would go in every day to offer sacrifices, but the high priest could only go in one time per year to the Holy of Holies. Over the mercy seat, the Holy of Holies, there were the angels, the cherubims, with their wings stretched out forward, and they were literally, they were covering that mercy seat. And the Bible actually says in the book of Hebrews, it says that they were overshadowing, they were overshadowing that mercy seat. It could be that Moses was talking about not just that his tent was under the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire, but it could be that Moses was actually talking about the fact that while only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies, Moses was saying, you and I can dwell in the presence of God every day. We can abide, not just once a year, but we can dwell. We can abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. Now, I want to make sure I make this clear. I'm going to go through quickly, but I want to make sure I make this very clear to you and I today that I'm not talking about something spooky. I'm not talking about something mystical. I'm not talking about something unusual. I'm talking about something that every Christian must have. It is a place where you meet with God. It's a secret place. It means it's just you and God. It means that you can crowd out the noise and you can crowd out uh, the schedule and you can crowd out all the other activities. You say, Pastor, I'm too busy to spend time with God. Well, you're right about the first half. You're too busy. 
It's not a matter that we don't have the time. It's the matter that we don't make time for what's important to us. Uh, I always, I laugh. My wife's brother, uh, Daniel, he lives in Arkansas. And uh, I don't know if he still has this problem, but he used to have this problem. He, he is a, he's a hard worker. He's, he's amazing how he can fix things and do things and all that. Uh, kind of reminds me of the Dixons. He's always doing something, building and working and all that stuff. But he would come to the end of the day and literally he, he was like losing weight. I mean, he was, he was thin as can be, and he was always nervous, you know. He was always playing with change in his pocket, and he's always rattling his keys, and he was always just, and he'd get to the end of the day, and he'd say, oh, man, I forgot to eat today. Now, I want to tell you, I've never had that problem. <laughs> never once have I had the problem that I forgot to eat. Now, there have been a few times where I maybe got a little too busy, but I never forgot it, right? You know why? Because eating is important to me, Amen. Probably a little too important. But you make time for what's important to you. And so what I'm saying is, as we leave out of here today, I'm not talking about some far-fetched idea that you say, yeah, I hope the pastor and the assistant pastors and I hope the deacons do this. I'm talking about the fact if you're here today and you have been saved, you are a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you have the Word of God, you have the privilege to pray, and we ought to every single day get with God in a secret place. I don't know what, what your family or your, your, your home, what you call it. When I was growing up, our family used to refer to it as uh, devotions uh, or having a quiet time. Uh, I don't know, a walk with God, whatever you want to call it, your prayer time, your, your time alone with God. Uh, in our family, we've called it devotions. And uh, I think it was Kylie that started it, but Kylie, when she was real little, uh, just able to talk, she got mixed up. She kept calling it demotions. She said, Daddy, when are we going to have demotions, you know? I want to tell you, when you have your devotions with God, it's not a demotion for sure. It's a promotion. But there's got to be a time that you spend in the presence of God. I thank the Lord for some places in my life where I've met with God. I thank the Lord for church services where God met with me. I think about times where I don't know if God spoke to anybody else, but I know while I was sitting on the pew, I know God was speaking to me. I think about the church where I grew up in Rockford, Illinois, the Berean Baptist Church, the pastor that, that he, he is with the Lord now. I went to his funeral uh, almost two years ago now. But he was the pastor of that church for 58 years, the same church. Uh, we used to sit, uh, Mom, about where you are, maybe a little bit further, we used to always sit, our family used to sit over in that area, in that auditorium, but we'd sit there, and that pastor preached. I don't remember every sermon. I don't remember every message. But every message impacted me. Every message helped me. Every time I was fed by the word of God, every time. And can I tell you, there were some services where I know the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I remember as a, as a young person, I remember as a teenager, I'd walk the aisle and say, God spoke to me. I want to get this right. I want God to help me with this. I think about times for my wife and I in, um, in Illinois, in Geneseo, I think about times where God met with us in that church. I think about the times in California uh, where we, when we were in college and the times we were in church where God met with us in a church service. I thank the Lord when we came to North Carolina, we didn't leave God back in California. Hallelujah for that. I'm thankful for the times that God has met with us here at Victory Baptist Church. Some of you remember the days on the avenue and you think about maybe some of the services in that old building or some of you remember the time uh, in, on Pearson Hill Road in that church or maybe you've got other churches where you're from and you remember times where God dealt with you and God worked in your heart. I want to tell you, God ought to meet with you in church. But church shouldn't be the only place. There ought to be a time and a place every day 
where we spend time with God, where we open the Bible and we read and where we get on our knees and we pray and we talk to God and we let God do a work in us. I thank the Lord for this teen retreat coming up. I know for me, as a young man, God dealt with my heart at teen camp. Uh, there was one, one place we used to go for camp. Uh, it was such an old, such an old, now I look back, I can't even believe it, but we went to this campground. They didn't have anything. They didn't have swimming pool. They didn't have lake. They didn't have a rock climbing wall. They didn't have a gymnasium. They didn't have a snack shop. They didn't have nothing. You talk about rugged. And they didn't have air conditioning, none of that stuff. But I could take you to that spot right now. And I could show you on that little piece of property out in the woods where God did a work in my heart. Can I tell you, I hope, I hope you've met with God. I hope there have been some times where you know without a doubt that God has met with you. I want you to notice in Psalm 91, very quickly, we see that the secret place, what makes this place special? It's special because of who is there. Number one, I see the names of God. Moses makes no mistake, this is not the secret place of the pastor. This is not the secret place of the priest. This is not the secret place of a Sunday school teacher. This is the secret place of the most high God. You know why this place is special? Because God is there. I think about my wife and I when we were dating. I remember we, did, we didn't do a lot of, uh, of stuff. There wasn't a lot to do in Washington, Iowa in the cornfields. Uh, we didn't have uh, the amusement parks. And we didn't have the go to the professional sporting events and all that stuff. We just pretty much we just would hang out and we just would talk and just be together. And of course have some good food, you know. That's what, that's what you do. But I remember just getting to be with her. We didn't have to be going on some big uh, uh, event. We didn't have to be going to some fancy place. It was just, just being with her. And can I tell you what's special about the secret place is it's a place where you can meet with God. But not, we're, not just talking about, we're not just talking about any God. We're talking about the God of the universe. The creator of the universe. We're talking about, look what it says, the most high God. That name most high is the name Elion. That is the name signifying that not only is God exalted and not only is God lifted up, but he is more exalted than any God. He's more exalted than any person. He is the most high. He is supreme. It's the secret place of the most high and he shall abide under the shadow Notice the next name of the Almighty. You see that in, cap, in, all, in the first letters capitalized, Almighty. That name Almighty is the name Shaddai or El Shaddai. He is the Almighty. He is the all-powerful God. And Moses said, I get to be in the presence of that God. I get to be with the Most High. I get to be with the Almighty God. But then he says in verse 2, I will say of the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the name Jehovah. And Moses said, the Jehovah God, the I am God, the, the God that said to Moses in that burning bush, you go and you tell Pharaoh that I am Jehovah God has sent you. He said, that's the God I am. And this is the God that Moses says you and I can meet with. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. 
But then notice verse 2. He is my God, capital G-O-D. That is the name Elohim. That is the name that you find in Genesis 1-1. Can you help me with that verse? Ready? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, that is the name Elohim. I want to say this. If you can't figure out Genesis 1-1, you're going to have a hard time with the rest of the Bible, okay? If you can't figure out Genesis 1-1, you're going to have a difficult time in life. Because in the beginning, God, Elohim, he created the heavens and the earth. I, I didn't read the whole article. I, it was just a short article. I, I skimmed it. And I, I haven't researched it. I don't believe it was fake news. I don't believe it was, you know, one of those, you know, um, those, uh, what do you call those things that they just make up some random stuff, satire. But here's what it said. And it was, um, it was CNN or something like that. But they said, NASA is confused. I thought, oh no, what are they confused about now? They're confused because they have sent out these uh, satellites that have been studying the, the, the universe. And what they're finding is that the universe is expanding at a more rapid rate than they thought. Now, here's what they said. They said, it doesn't make sense with our theory of the Big Bang. And I thought, well, speak for yourself. That may be your theory, but that's not my theory. With our theory of the Big Bang, they said it doesn't make sense that the universe is expanding like it is. Well, can I tell you? That's not the only thing that doesn't make sense to me. The Big Bang doesn't make sense to me. Especially when you read Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Go, go with me, if you would, to Genesis 1. I, I want to share this here. I think this will bless your heart. Genesis 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God, the name is Elohim. That name Elohim is an interesting name because it indicates, that name indicates plurality. Uh, the I am, those, those, those last two letters, I am. Like, for instance, when we talk about the cherub and the cherubim. What is cherubim? What, what's different from a cherub and a cherubim? Well, cherubim is plural. Cherub is singular. And so this verse tells us, in the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heaven and the earth. Interesting, because how many gods are there? It's only one. But this says in the beginning, God, Elohim, which is a plural term, created the heaven and the earth. But notice verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Here we see God in creation. Here we see the Holy Spirit in creation. And then you get to John chapter 1. You know what we find in John chapter 1? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. You say, well, who's the Word? I'm glad you asked. John 1.14 says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know what we see in creation? We see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Well, read with me, continue in Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse number 26. There's one God. 
But it says in verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image. Now, I was not that, I was not that good in grammar, okay? But I know us is not a singular word, but it's a plural, right? Let us. Well, who's God talking to? Say, oh, he's talking to the angels. He's getting advice from the angels. Well, that's interesting because it says, let us make man in our image. And we weren't created in the image of the angels. How many of you know that? Look at verse number 127. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created he them. We see God said, let us make man in our image. I'll give you one more example. We could be here all day talking about this. But how about the baptism of Jesus? I love that story. By the way, who, who baptized Jesus? John the Baptist. John the, John the who? John the Baptist. Okay, I was just checking. I thought that was right. And as John baptizes Jesus, there's a voice from heaven. And the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You have Jesus, God the Son. You have God the Father, this is my beloved Son. And then you have the Holy Spirit of God descending like a dove. All three, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now here's what Moses is saying in Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High that's Elion, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, the El Shaddai. I will say of the Lord, Jehovah, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, my Elohim, in him will I trust. We see the secret place, number one, the names of God, we see his person. And Moses in two verses gives us four names of God to tell us who God is. Hallelujah for that. Notice with me, not only the names of God, his person, but we see the names of God representing his power. I want to remind you today that everything is under control because our God is almighty. Our God is all-powerful. Our God is all-supreme. He is King of kings and he is Lord of lords, the power of God. Notice how much power he's got in verse 3. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome Pestilence. Now, I've read this verse so many times, but you know what verse 3 is saying? The noisome pestilence? I always thought noisome was like noisy. That's not what it means. It literally means dangerous or deadly. And a pestilence is a disease. It's a plague. And you know what God says? He says there could be a plague that's sweeping. It could be deadly. But God says, I can deliver you from that. I want to tell you, that's a powerful God. Not just a powerful God that can stop the armies and stop the arrows and stop the swords, but he can stop the germs. He can stop the sickness. He can stop the disease. That's the kind of power our God has. Verse number four. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Number one, the names of God. Number two, I want you to notice knowing God. You see... Moses is talking about the Almighty, and he's talking about the Most High God, but then he says this. He says, it gets better. Our God is a personal God. He says he is my God. 
He is my refuge. He says, I can trust in him because he's going to take care of me. I'm thankful to tell you this morning that you don't have to be a pastor to know God. I'm thankful to tell you, you don't have to be a Sunday school teacher to know God. I'm thankful to tell you, you don't have to have a Bible college degree to know God. You can know God by spending time with God. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how smart you are. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter what your background is. You can know God. He is a personal God. But then I see the place. The place, Moses says, it's a secret place. It's the shadow of the Almighty. Now, Moses did not go into the Holy of Holies, but Moses knew what it was to spend time with God. Remember when Moses went up to the top of the mountain and he spent time with God for 40 days and 40 nights? Remember that? Remember when Moses went up to the top of the mountain and he came back down and they said, Moses, you got to get something over your face. And it wasn't because he was ugly either. They said, you got to get something over your face because you are blinding us. The Bible says his face shone. You know why? Because he'd been with God. I want to tell you, when you've been with God, people are going to be able to see it on your face too. People are going to be able to hear it in your words. People are going to be able to sense it in your attitude. You don't come down off the mountain and curse everybody out. You don't come away from your time with God and you're rude and you're bitter and you're angry and you're deceitful and you're hurtful and you're critical. That's not a person that spent time with God. That's a person who needs to spend time with God. But Moses spent time in the secret place with God. I want to ask you, and I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to come and tell me after the service. This is between you and God, but I want to ask you, do you spend time with God? When was the last time? Here, here's what I'm talking about. Reading your Bible and praying and, and walking with God and having a relationship with God. When was the last time you did that? You say, well, Pastor, I was here last Sunday. Good, and you need to be here Sunday, and I need to be here Sunday, and we need the church. But you're not going to make it from Sunday to Sunday. You're going to starve yourself to death spiritually. You're going to have to get alone with God. Do you know God? So, Pastor, I don't know God like I want to know him. I don't know God like I wish I did. Me neither. But I'm working on it. Paul said in Philippians 3, he said, I just want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul said, I just want to know more about the Lord. And can I tell you, we ought to have a desire to know God more today than we did yesterday. We ought to have a desire to know God more today than we did last year. We ought to be growing in our relationship with the Lord. Number one, I see the names of God. Moses lists four of them here in these two verses. Psalm 91, verses one and two. I see knowing God. Moses says, God is my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. But then I see number three, I see the need for God. You see, we need God. And that's one reason why some people don't spend time with God is they don't think that they need him. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a spot where you felt like your life was just, it was just, it was, everything was okay. I'm not saying it was like great. It was like, oh, everything's awesome, but everything was okay. Sometimes I think God takes our lives that are somewhat smooth. And I think sometimes God turns them upside down. You know why? Maybe so we'll realize that we need him. Maybe so we will recognize that we don't have it figured out. Maybe so we'll get back to the secret place. Verse number two, Moses said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. 
You don't really talk about a refuge much until you're in trouble, do you? He is my fortress. You don't talk a lot about a fortress until you're in trouble. But Moses said, I need him. I need a refuge. I need a fortress. He says that God is able to deliver us from the snare of the fowler. That is the trap that a, a hunter would set for a bird. And can I tell you, there's a devil out there who's out to trap. He's out to destroy. He's out to ruin our lives. He's out to ruin our testimonies. And we need protection. We need deliverance. We need the wings uh, of the Almighty God. We need uh, His shield. We need His buckler. We need His deliverance. And, and Moses said, we need God. We need to trust Him. Amen. We need to pray. It says in verse 15, He shall call upon me. And God says, I will answer Him. We need prayer. We need protection. We need protection from the snare, from the pestilence, the terror by night, the arrow by day. We need God's protection in our lives. And can I tell you this? We need God every single day. Amen. Moses said, hey, the high priest gets to go in once a year. But Moses says, I need to dwell there. I need to live there. I need to abide there. I, I, hope, I hope this is true for you. I know for me, there's just some times where I can't wait to get back to church. I love it. I, I do. You may think I'm crazy. Well, it's just because you're the pastor. No, honestly, I think sometimes... Church can be more work, you know, especially if you're the pastor. I don't get to just come and just show up, although sometimes I do in revival or special meetings, but most of the time I'm trying to get ready for church. But can I tell you, I love it. I look forward to it. But I don't want church to be my only spiritual food. I don't want church to be the only time I spend with God. I want to dwell. I want to live. I want to abide in the secret place of the Most High. I want to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 15. He says, you can abide in me. And he said, my words can abide in you. I want to remind you this morning that we can abide, we can stay, we can live, we can dwell under the shadow of the Almighty every single day if we'll spend time with God if we'll get to that secret place where we meet with Him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.